Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. first episode of the seventh season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is congenital heart defects around the globe, and we have a great show for you today. We are very excited to be entering our seventh season of Heart to Heart with Anna. This season, we will be featuring guests who live, work, or received treatment outside of the United States to highlight how congenital heart defects affect people all around the globe. Today's show is Congenital Heart Defects Around the Globe, Canada, and our guest today is Carolyn Robinson. Carolyn Robinson was born in April of 1948. Because of her blueness and what the doctors heard, they knew that Carolyn had a heart condition. However, her heart defect wasn't diagnosed until she was 10 years of age when she had a catheterization. Her diagnosis was a VSD and Eisenmenger syndrome. Carolyn's parents were told that surgery was impossible. Her body had actually made some changes that helped her, and surgery would have ended Carolyn's life. A few years ago, after an MRI, Carolyn was diagnosed with truncus arteriosus. Currently, Carolyn is 67 years of age. Over the past few years, Carolyn began noticing some changes in her breathing and stamina. The doctors feel it's caused by a thickening of the artery. They are currently in discussions at the hospital in Toronto to see if she can have a valve replacement. Her cardiologist also discovered that Carolyn had developed heart block, and she recently received a pacemaker. My faithful longtime listeners may remember Carolyn. She was on episode three of season three when she talked to us about Eisenmenger syndrome. So welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Carolyn. Hi, Anna. It's good to talk to you again. Oh, it's always such a good time for me when I get a chance to talk to you, Carolyn. And for those of you who have read The Heart of a Mother, you will know that Carolyn and I are longtime friends because she actually contributed an essay to that book. So, Carolyn, let's start today by talking about what healthcare is like in Canada. I've always heard that Canadians have socialized medicine, but from talking with you on Facebook, I realize it's a little bit different than what I originally thought. So, can you tell us about what healthcare is like in Canada? Well, we pretty well have everything covered for us here. Nothing to do with dental, but medical, yes. We are getting that we're having some user pay fees, but it's not too bad yet. And me, being over 65, I have not been charged for anything. I just spent 15 days in the hospital, no fees, nothing. And uh, I know how fortunate I am because when I read of my friends in the United States and how they struggle fighting with the insurance companies and getting denied, it makes me pretty sad for them. Yeah, it really does add to the stress that you already feel when you have financial worries on top of that. But right. you've been telling me on Facebook that it's not the same all across Canada. I thought socialized medicine meant that it was the same for everyone, but you were telling me that's not necessarily the case. Well, I don't really understand it entirely, but from what I do understand, each province is given so much money or they collect the money through taxes and it's how they want to disperse it. But everybody is covered. But oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's just a provincial decision. Okay. 
Well, Carolyn, you said you didn't get diagnosed until you were 10 years of age. Can you tell us where you were diagnosed and where you got your treatment? Yes, I was 10 years of age. I got diagnosed through a catheterization, which took place at the Hospital for Six Children in Toronto. And I led a pretty normal life. I never had any treatments at all until probably about 10 years ago. And the treatments are mainly for the pulmonary hypertension that goes along with Eisenmenger syndrome. So I'm on some of the newer drugs. I started out with Traclear, but that's now been replaced with Upsumet and another one called Adcerca. Okay. And, and funnily enough, our drugs are all covered too. Me being 65, I don't pay anything for my drugs. Over 65, I should say. Some of them we have to pay for, but the majority we don't. Wow, you don't have to pay for any of your medications? I have some sleeping pills and I have to pay for those, but all those other drugs, no, no. I have to pay a dispensing fee, which at Walmart is $4.11. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I would pay for each prescription. I think you'll be okay. You won't break I think the so. <laughs> you don't have to pay for the prescription medications for your congenital heart defect or for the pulmonary hypertension. That's just amazing. Yeah, those well, are specialty drugs, and the companies had to get special permission from the Ontario Trillium Plan that covers that. But they had to fight for that for their patients, and then the government said yes, and so now they're covered. Now, if I was under 65, I would probably have to pay... I'm really not sure. Most people have health benefits, and their health benefits will cover any of the extra costs. So you're saying that... Employers also provide health insurance, and that that helps to cover Canadians who aren't uh -huh. covered. It depends on the company you work for, but I had a employee benefit package, and it covered my medical, dental, eyeglasses. Some of them you have to pay so much, sometimes it's a certain limit, or but not all companies provide that. And I think it's getting less and less as prices go up and costs go up. Yeah, and it seems like everything is going up, so that's when you need the benefits mm -hmm. more than right. ever. It's and before I turned 65, I was covered, because I didn't have any benefits, I was covered by something called the Trillium Plan, and it's the Ontario Drug Plan. Based on our income, we had to pay so much every quarter towards those drugs. And I think in our case, it was like $300. Which so was not was bad. It was so reasonable. It wasn't something that was... No. No. The more you make, the more you pay. But. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, and that is how socialized medicine works, though, is that the people that's how it who works for me. Money, pay more money, and that, that helps everybody overall, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so tell us how you feel overall with the treatment that you have received regarding your heart defect and about your quality of life. Well, as I said... I really received no treatment for my heart defect until recently, but the medication I take is for the pulmonary hypertension part, and it seems to work quite well, and my quality of life is good. I've led a really normal life. I'm active. I volunteer. Nothing too much holds me down. Right. And that's why I was so excited to have you on this show in season three, because I didn't know many people with Eisenmenger syndrome. Ever since I've met you, though, I'm meeting more people, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in such a small community on Facebook where people are out there with congenital heart defects or mm -hmm. acquired 
patients like Eisenmenger syndrome who are looking for connections. And I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that those are the kind of people that I'm actually connecting with now. And we had Shirley Craig on the show just last season, and she ended up having to have a transplant. So she doesn't have Eisenmenger syndrome anymore, but no. she did a pulmonary hypertension group in Texas. And so she told us about that group. But it's a little bit more common than I actually thought it was. And I have you to thank for opening my eyes about (laughs) this condition. I didn't realize how common it was. And I've met a lot of people with it. And some are as old as me. One friend, she's in Texas. I told you about her before. And she just turned 74. Oh, my gosh. It's just so awesome. I love hearing those kind of success stories. Well, this is a perfect note for us to end this first segment. Don't leave yet, listeners, because when we come back, we're going to talk to Carolyn about how her life has changed over the last couple of years and what it means to be an aging congenital heart defect survivor when we come back after this brief commercial break. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we are talking with adult congenital heart defect survivor, Carolyn Robinson, about living with congenital heart defects in Canada. And I've really enjoyed talking to her. Carolyn and I go way back when she contributed an essay to The Heart of a Mother, which is a book that I published with Baby Hearts Press. So, Carolyn, here we are. We're back for segment two. And... (laughs) Here we are, Carolyn. We're both getting older. (laughs) Okay, I'm here. (laughs) I know. But as we get older, there seems to be new problems that crop up for us. That's whether you have a heart defect or not. So why don't you tell us about some of the changes that you have noticed, especially within the last couple of years, and what you knew that you needed to get help for? Well, over the past couple of years, I noticed when I was walking, I didn't have the stamina. I couldn't walk as far. I'd get more out of breath. And I kind of put it down to my age, you know, as you get older and you're not doing as much. I think even my doctors put it down to that, too. But that's really about all I had noticed. And then when I saw my cardiologist in May, and she said I was doing good, but she could see that the arteries was starting to close up, and that could be one of the reasons that I was out of breath. And so you only really noticed it when you were walking? Otherwise, you didn't have any sweating, any of the other signs that we look for? No, nothing. I imagine that this has been Mm -hmm. going on for years, that it's just been a very, very gradual closing. I think so. Mm -hmm. So you've all kind of become accustomed to it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was funny because some days I was good and some days I couldn't walk very far. And that seemed odd. Like, why did I have good days and bad days? Why wasn't I like that all the time? But I did find out part of the problem with that. It seems the doctor found in one of my Holter monitor tests that I was having some arrhythmias. And she said that could have been the cause of why I was out of breath. Right. And it was something called heart block. 
Yes, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about that in the next segment. So in your biography, you said that you had an MRI, and when you had your MRI, your diagnosis was changed to truncus arteriosus, and that you might even need a valve replacement. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about that, and what options have you been given so far? I don't know whether maybe they suspected all the time that I had the truncus arteriosus. I don't know. But it wasn't until they did the MRI that I was officially told that. And as I said at my last checkup, she said the artery was getting smaller and she was going to talk to some of her other doctors in Toronto to see if it could be replaced. Apparently they're doing it a lot now and she's going to see if that's a possibility for me. Oh, okay. And because that's when really, you, did, you were told you couldn't have any surgery or it would be life-threatening. So Well, to close the hole, to close the hole would be life-threatening because of the way the blood was going into my lungs, the shunting. And if they closed it off because my body had made changes on its own, it would really mess things up. Right. I don't really understand. I mean, I was told that when I was a kid, so that's yeah. that's all I remember them saying. Right, and I imagine things have changed today compared to what it was like in well, the Well, that's true, that's true. You know, things yeah. are really different, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But so now we're talking about something totally different. This has nothing to do with the hole in your heart. This has to do with your valve. Have they talked about they're considering a pig valve or a mechanical valve? Or yeah, she they... said it would, be, it would be a pig, pig valve. It would be a pig valve. Mm-hmm. 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 So how do you feel about that? I'm nervous. I mean... Yeah, I'm nervous because I haven't really, until recently, had any heart surgery or anything other than the catheterization. So, But apparently this valve would be done like a catheterization, like you don't have to be go under general anesthetic. It goes through the artery in your leg. And so it's not so invasive. Right. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And see, they're doing a lot more of this interventional therapy where it's non-invasive. I mean, it's still invasive. They're still going oh, right, to touch, yeah. But it's not where they have to cut your chest and crack your chest open. So right. there's much less opportunity for infection. It seems like the people who go and have these valves replaced in the cath lab have a faster recovery period. Right. And yeah. Hopefully you'll be feeling even better than before once you have this done. So I will definitely be remembering you in my prayers with that because it is still scary. And like you said, this will be your first major repair. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And I was surprised. I guess each hospitals have their specialties. And I go to the hospital in London, Ontario, which is quite famous for their heart department, but the valve would be done in Toronto. So I guess that's their specialty there. Right. Which is so fine. A no. whole new group of people to be introduced to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know the nice thing about this, and more and more places are turning toward this as well, is having centers that are known for certain procedures, and because they do more of them, they tend to have better results, or at least that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's the word on the block. <laughs> and so you want to go there because those doctors have more practice, and hopefully that means they're faster and have less complications. That's than right, yeah. Facilities. yeah. And it's tough in Canada because your hospitals are pretty far spread out. Well, each city has a hospital. I mean, we've got one here where I live, but mm-hmm. that doesn't specialize in anything. It's just your general hospital. 
solve for anything related to my pulmonary hypertension or my congenital heart defect, I see specialists in London, which is about an hour away. That's okay. Right. I know that when I went to speak in Manitoba that I met some people and they told me that it was nothing to have to travel two or three hours to get to the hospital they needed to get to for their children to receive the care. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I know people from probably two or three hours away also have to travel to London, but I'm just fortunate. I'm close enough. It's only an hour. Right. But now to go to Toronto, it'll be three hours. It's a much bigger drive for you. Right, right. That's where now, I grew does, up, and that's Does fine. the government pay for your travel and for somebody to go with you? No, no, no. But it is a tax deduction where you save your bills and it comes off your income tax. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I know a number of people in Texas who have family in Canada, and it's not uncommon for the Canadians to come to the United States for medical treatment, especially Mm -hmm. for cancer and for acquired heart disease. Is that something Mm -hmm. that you've ever considered? Well, not really, because it would be very difficult to get permission to do that. My stepson works at the Mayo Clinic, and he's saying, come here, come here. But I think you can only go to the States if they can't provide the service in Canada or can't provide it quick enough, or you just can't go and then submit your bills to the government to be paid. You have to have special permission. Right. In fact, the people that I know, if I'm not mistaken, the family members had additional insurance, and they didn't expect the government to reimburse them. They were going okay. with their other paying out of okay. pocket. Okay, well, that's possible. If they have private medical coverage through work, maybe that would cover them. Maybe they're independently wealthy, and they can just pay outright. But for Canadians, it's very expensive in the States for well, any medical procedure. For Americans in the States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is very expensive, but I know that the couple of friends who I talked to about this told me that there were long waiting lists where they were and that they felt that waiting to get treatment would hurt them in the long run. Right, and And that's probably how they got the permission from the government to go to the States. But uh, yeah, we do have long waiting lists, but what can you do? I know, I know, and we're facing... And I'm sure you have waiting lists over there, too. We do, but I don't think it's quite as bad. I think we have, because of the capitalism that we use here in the States, that we are so competitive that there are more hospitals, probably per square mile, and there are waiting lists, and it's worse now that we have Obamacare, for sure. It's definitely worse than it was before, but I just think the States is, I think, a lot more heavily populated than what Canada is. That's right. Yeah, it is. We just have a lot more of everything here. (laughs) 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 Well, tell me what the biggest challenges that you've undergone regarding your medical care over the years being a Canadian, Carolyn. The biggest challenge I have undergone regarding my medical care, I can honestly say I haven't had any challenges. Oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. What would you consider a challenge? Well, for us, clearly the biggest challenge I've had with our medical system has been dealing with insurance, especially when my son, his surgeon, was considered out of network with his last operation, Mm -hmm. and they wanted us to go to a completely different hospital with a completely different surgeon. Right. Uh, That was a big challenge. 
that would be a challenge, a scary challenge. And see, mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with that. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, just, I, just, I just go. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I'm told. <laughs> oh, that's what I love about you, Carolyn. You just go and you just do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 No, we don't have to fight with anybody. I don't know. And that could be just me. Maybe other people have, have more challenges than me. I don't know. But myself, I haven't had any major challenges. Well, that's always good to hear. Well, that's another positive note for us to end this segment on. So hold on, listeners. Don't leave yet. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Carolyn about being in heart block and what it was like to get a pacemaker. We'll be back in just a moment. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Show Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we're talking with adult congenital heart defect survivor Carolyn Robinson. And Carolyn, I want to thank you for coming on Heart to Heart with Anna. I've so enjoyed talking to you and learning a little bit more about healthcare in Canada. So, Carolyn, can you tell us about how you discovered you were in heart block? Sure. I had my appointment with my doctor last May, and they did a Holter monitor test. And I had been in the process of trying to get some out-of-country coverage to go visit our relatives in the States. And I asked my doctor a few questions. And next thing I know, I got a phone call saying that she had just seen a Holter monitor test from last May. Somehow it got filed without her knowledge. And she noticed that I had an arrhythmia. And she called it heart block. And she said, you need a pacemaker. And I was in the hospital by the following week. And I went for an appointment, a consultation. I had about eight of the top doctors from that hospital in with me, and it was just incredible. (laughs) And then four days later, I had the surgery. Wow. So what was your reaction? You had almost no time to react to this. I know, I know. Well, at that point, I was feeling good, but Still, I would get a little more out of breath than I normally would, but I don't know. I mean, these are doctors. They're professionals. They're professors at the university. They're teaching all this, so you have to go with what they say. I'm not going to fight it. And they did tell me, my doctor did tell me I could either faint or faint while I was driving. She said, or your heart could just stop. So what are you going to do? You're going to do what they say. Well, yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it sounds to me like you're lucky that it was caught before you fainted or some right. worse would have right. happened to you. And it sounds to me like you really, really trusted this team of doctors. Who, oh, they were amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, and they yeah. were all in agreement. How often do you see that happen, Carolyn? Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody's in agreement. Oh, yes. 
she needs a pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, she had quite a team in there. But the thing was, they didn't want me to have a regular pacemaker because of chances of infection and being on a blood thinner. So I had to have one where they went right into my heart and they screwed the little pacemaker right into my heart. Wow. So it was and a lot that, more invasive. Yeah. Now, was that an open heart procedure or were they still able to do that in a cath lab? Oh, no. It was in surgery. But they didn't have to break my ribs or anything. They just went through the ribs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Sore after that. You must have been really sore after that. A little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's taken me a while to get over it, and this was just in November. And because they fiddled with my heart, it irritated my heart and put me into atrial flutter. So then I ended up back in the hospital and had a cardioversion. So I ended up on a blood thinner anyway, and plus an antiarrhythmia drug. So it hasn't been the best experience, but I am getting better and... I go to an arrhythmia clinic next week, and they'll check me out and see how things are going and go from there. Wow. So you really got a phone call that totally changed your life. It did. It really did. I hope I can get back to where I was. (laughs) I hope you can, too, because it sounds like you had a really good quality of life before this happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Although you were noticing changes even before you Call. Yeah, so. and they did tell me it would take three months to get back to where I was. So yeah. I do feel better every day. So that's encouraging. Well, I am glad to hear that. And the older we get, the harder it is for us to come back, whether we I know. have an or, but especially from surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was quite invasive. I had a car accident, and it was really a year before I felt back where I was before that car right. accident. Yeah. And so, you know, I, especially when they start working yeah, on the heart, you know, it's going to take a little while longer. Yeah. I think it's reasonable for you not to push yourself too hard and not to be... No, to I'm not. But the I trouble is... Depressed. I know so many of my friends, as they get older and they start experiencing problems, it leads them into a sense of depression, and they feel like they're never going to feel like they did before. And yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. But I, don't I, I am going to get back to where I was, so <laughs> I am starting to get out and do things now, so that's good. <laughs> there you go. And that's exactly what You have that very fabulous positive attitude, and it's amazing what a positive attitude can do for you. Oh, I agree. When you're dealing with physical ailments like this, I think you've done the best thing you can by surrounding yourself with a very high-level team of professionals who want to help you get back there. I'm so Mm -hmm. proud of you for saying, oh, yeah, and I'm going to my arrhythmia group. Like, wow, Carolyn's really on top of this. She's just (laughs) cutting off her eyes and crossing off her teeth. Yeah, well, it's not a group. You meet with electrophysiologists, I think they're called, and they're going right. to Yeah. They're going to tell me one where I met. Last season. Yeah, doctor from Houston, Dr. Lamb, and ah. Alex actually saw him when he was having some problems. I learned the term electrophysiologist. It was a new term for me to learn. Electrophysiologist. I wasn't even sure it was a real word because I couldn't find it on the I know. dictionary. <laughs> But I was assured, yes, it is indeed a real word, and 
unfortunately, a lot more people like you and I are having to hear about this term mm-hmm. as we call those arrhythmias. But okay, Carolyn, I have time for one more question, and that question okay. is: What advice do you have for other Canadians who have congenital heart defects and are aging, and maybe they're afraid to see their doctor? Well, if you're having problems, go. Mm-hmm. And there's always hope. Sometimes I'm the worst one for Googling and getting myself in a state, and then it's nothing. So if you're having problems and are worried, go and get the proper answer and get it looked after. Okay. I think that's good advice, whether you're Canadian, American, right. or whatever. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. And you know, I think, yeah. I think it's hard to overcome that fear. Especially when you've led a good quality of life and you don't want somebody to tell you it's not going to be so good tomorrow. I know. I know. That's true. Yep. As we get older, tomorrow may not be exactly what it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's and I think we yep. just have to learn to deal with it. And I think we have to work a little bit harder to keep our health in a good quality. I'm finding just all this sitting around. I mean, I'm more active now, but when I was in the hospital for 15 days, oh, get out and walk. Well, there's nowhere to walk, and you can't go off the floor because you're hooked to monitors. And my exercise tolerance really went down, so I'm just getting that back now. And I think the more you and I do that, we get back into our regular exercise routine, we won't feel those creaks and cracks as much. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) We will feel a little bit better, but as you get a little bit older, it's to be expected that you can't bounce right back. You're not made of rubber anymore. The older we get, the less we are. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true, very true. Oh, Carolyn, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm pleased that I'm your first one for Heart Month. I know. I'm so excited yeah. about this. You are the first brand new show for Heart Month 2016. Yeah. And it's going to be a great year. We are doing so much with social media to raise awareness. And I just am so happy that we're part of this movement. Aren't you, Carolyn? Don't you remember yeah. when it like nobody was talking about this? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah in fact, most, like most of my friends don't even know I have any problems because I never talked about it. As I get older... I'm beginning to be more open about it. Well, good. But that's and, just me. You know what? Because you never know who you're going to reach out to who needs to hear your message. That's true. Yeah. We all know in our community, heart defects are the number one birth defect. And it's just amazing to me how many people mm-hmm. are touched by congenital heart defects. And by you sharing your story and me sharing Alex's story and my own story and being part of the heart community, we have a chance to reach out and help so many people all around the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Great. Well, I'm so happy we got to highlight Canada. Go, Canada. <laughs> Yay, Canada. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Well, that concludes our very first episode of Season 7. Thank you for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon for a brand new episode. But as Carol and I were just saying, February is Heart Month, and Heart to Heart with Anna is going to be featuring a radio show every single day during the month of February 2016. And on Tuesdays, it'll be a brand new show. So please find it, like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and that's where you'll see the schedule for all the shows that we'll be having in the month of February. Check out our Cafe Press Boutique. 
follow our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and especially on Spreaker because if you can help us get enough followers on Spreaker that we can petition iHeartRadio to carry our show and then people can listen to the show in their cars. So thanks again for listening. We know that congenital heart defects touch people all over the globe. But remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. Thank you.